Geekville Radio. Welcome once again, all you geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. And we got a mega show lined up. We've been meaning to do this show for a while. This is one for the record books, ladies and gentlemen. The month of October has been, for the last few years, our crossover month for all of the shows in the Geekville Radio family. And now we are stretching that out to shows that aren't in our podcast network, but are shows that we like very much. But before we get to our special guests, let me introduce my usual co-host. He's been MIA and on assignment for the last couple of weeks. He hasn't been in the last couple of shows, but he's back with a vengeance for this episode from the nice soft padded cell in South Kakalaki. Crazy train, Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. It's my fault. I, I got a, last time I was on, I, I, I think I expressed the fact that my dumb butt still... Decided to get back in the wrestling ring and help out with wrestling again. I actually wrestled last week. I can't say it was great. What happens when you're 51 years old and you take off 12 years from active <laughs> wrestling? <laughs> but I was a favorite for promoter to the guy no show to help out a kid I helped train. At least you knew my limitations. But I've survived and I'm here. I promise we're going to get this done tonight. I apologize no. to Seth too. Sorry, Seth. <laughs> oh, no. No worries. And hopefully I will do justice to the uh, introduction here because I'm going to introduce two men here that have... Been on a show that I have listened to for the last couple of years, probably the last two years or so. And that show is Capes on the Couch. And th- the best way I can describe Capes on the Couch, and I'll let them correct me if I'm wrong, is while they do talk about comics and superheroes and all that, they do it in a way to raise awareness for mental health. And I think that's what's been intriguing about their show. And fortunately, Crazy Train in real life works in the mental health field with children, so he can keep up with that talk. So let me introduce... The, the co-hosts of Capes in the Couch, Anthony Sitko and Doc Issues. I guess I'll throw to you first. Well, thank you, Seth and, and Train. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I can, by the way, I can feel Train's pain over getting back into something. I'm 40 years old. I played my first hockey game in over two years this afternoon or, or earlier this evening. So I am, I'm hurting. Um, <laughs> my, brain knew, my brain knew everything I needed to do, but my legs and lungs were like, the hell you are. Right. So I absolutely feel you there. And I will toss it over now to my co-host and us friend and brother, Doc. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. So it's definitely a pleasure to be here. Fashionably late as always. Anytime mm-hmm. we do these types of spots, I, I am notorious for being a little late. And it usually has to do with work-related stuff. In this case, it was more like, Oh, yeah, we're doing that thing. Let me just check. Are we really doing it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me go and run to the basement and make sure everything is set up. (laughs) (laughs) I know how that goes. Technology works until it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I don't don't know where your gentlemen are based in real life, but I'm a southerner, have been all my life, and it's so hot down here. Everybody's late for everything. 15 minutes (laughs) late is actually on time down here, but it is what it is. (laughs) Uh, We're Jersey boys, both of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bless your heart. Three Yankees and a Southerner. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm from the Chicago area. I've been here all my life, so that's I'm, I'm the Midwesterner of the group here. At least not the Canadian that Jared is on the wrestling podcast. <laughs> I know a lot of fine Canadians. I'm not going to besmirch. Uh, oh. oh, no, they're, they're good folks. They're good folks. The <laughs> yeah. But we are here to talk alignments 
And anybody that's played Dungeons and Dragons over the years knows exactly what we're going to get into when it talks about alignments. And it's always been an entertaining subject to me, especially when it comes to different characters and, and comics and sci-fi and the literary world. And those alignments, there, there's been nine that are kind of the majors as far as the tropes go. There's three good, three neutral, and three evil, each having the lawful, the neutral, and the chaotic sides. So I guess we'll just dive right in. I'm going to have show notes here at geekvilleradio.com slash 311, which will be the episode number. If you go to geekvilleradio.com slash 311, you'll have... My God, have we been doing it that long? Yeah, yeah. Oof! So we have three good alignments, three neutral alignments, and three evil alignments. Lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good. Then we have lawful neutral, true neutral, and chaotic neutral. And then we have lawful evil, neutral evil, and chaotic evil. I guess we'd start at the top and then kind of delve into the far pits of hell to finish off our talk when we go to chaotic evil. Does that sound good, gentlemen? Works for me. Yeah. Yep. All right. So kicking off with the good, we'll start with the lawful good. And I think this is kind of the stereotypical best of the good guys type. Back in the day, this is the type of character that might tell the kids, stay in school, eat healthy, don't smoke. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. I kind of look at that as the officer-friendly type policeman. And I think it's also the alignment that might be kind of poo-pooed a lot by modern standards because it's the anti-hero type. But I think it's an alignment that can still be deep, at least with the right writer and the right character. Train, I know we kind of have differences on lawful good. I know you've said for years that I'm so lawful good it's blinding, and I'm, I'm never going to object to that label. I think I wear it, as, <laughs> wear it for pride. But what do you have to say about lawful good? You squeak when you walk. You're so good. I think, I think the major difference that, that you and I have, and we've done an episode like this before, just me and Seth, where we went over uh, horror movie characters and aligned them. Caveat, I think Seth enjoys just making the little placards that he puts <laughs> on a, a, a website with a picture and a quote by each character, which is just pulling back the curtain for our listeners a little bit. But to me, you, the delineation on any alignment is one has to do with the lawful, neutral, chaotic, with how you perceive law and order. And the good, evil, and neutral was the delineation between you're like a moral compass. I think that the delineation for me is more you have a code or do you don't have a code or you don't care about law, that's chaotic versus lawful and the neutrals of balance between the two. Whereas what we as human beings would see as typical black hats, white hats, I think is the term me and Seth use a lot to stole that quote from the great, late great ravishing Rick Rude was what we consider morally good or morally bad. So I think the major difference between my, my Seth and myself is his squeaky cleanness makes him kind of color even lawful versus chaotic you know, as a moral compass because he is so squeaky clean one has to be lawful to actually even be somewhat good is that a fair assessment Seth? probably yeah well, what do you gentlemen think do you, do you take your take on the two differently than either one of us or you tend to lean more one way or the other towards one of us i think you described it very well in terms of the way i i view it mm -hmm. I think the schoolyard is a good example of that or, or a school setting. How, how, how well do you color within the lines? How well do you follow Ooh. teacher's orders? How well do the know the rule book? All those things. That's going to put you on lawful versus chaotic just in general. And then 
what are you doing? Are you are you trying to help people out on the schoolyard? Or are you trying to be the bully? That that starts right. putting the, the morality, the good and evil. So, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in pretty much complete agreement with with Train and Doc. Yeah, the, the axis is the axes aren't always entirely crystal clear, but by and large, that's generally how they operate. And mm-hmm. a lot of the characters we're talking about today, or at least at, as far as I understand, are going to be mostly within the confines of these points, but they can waver. It is not always crystal clear. It's a gradient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a spectrum. Right. It's, it's yeah. literally a spectrum. And so characters can can slide back and forth and around on the, the X and Y axis, as it were. And right. go where they need to for the sake of story. It's where they generally tend to fall that we're going to be discussing. Yeah, we're grading on a bell curve, not a, not a, a path sale, which is basically saying. Right. It, it's definitely possible for uh, the same character to be on different ends, de- depending on the writer in the course, as far as the real world goes. But depending on circumstances, a Hulk, I think, is a perfect example. Given all oh, the incarnations yeah. of the Hulk over the years, he, he could be all over this thing. I will fully admit that my, my definition comes from a young, probably 12 or 13-year-old crazy train playing D&D for the first time and having his high school senior dungeon master explain to him the differences. Mm-hmm. And I've always stuck with that ever since. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to fit as I grew older and applying alignments to, to, to real-life people that I actually knew. So I'll already admit it. Yeah. One other thing, well, before we get on to the other alignments here, just to use my own kind of Compass as an example. I, I when I first started reading comics in the in the eighties, I think I may have had like the exact opposite of what the norm is. It, when it seems when you're younger, it's like you like the the goody two shoes characters, and then the anti heroes become cooler as the the older you get. Because I I used to love GI Joe when I when I was a kid, and then a few years later I tried to go back to it, and it just seems so lame. While I think that kind of fits the goody two shoes characters like the GI Joe, and then I. When I started reading comics, I was drawn more towards the anti-hero types. I was all about Wolverine and Punisher and, to an extent, Batman, the darker characters. But then the older I got, the more I started getting into Superman and Captain America and the more lawful good types. So I think I'm kind of that opposite when it came to how I viewed my heroes growing up. But I, maybe, maybe I'm normal in that. Maybe I, I just, it seems like that's the opposite of it. I think a lot of people, they look at the goody two-shoes and they get into the anti-heroes as they get older. I think, I think Doc can speak to this with his professional background. And I know it's been my experience with the mental health field, mostly with you. What you went through, Seth, is extremely normal because mm-hmm. juvenile development is up until a certain age, right before puberty, an individual tends to be normally more worried about pleasing authority figures, figures that would represent what their perception of lawful was. And then as you become a teenager and you develop, you tend to focus more on approving your peer group. So we, we kind of naturally become a little bit contrarian mm-hmm. and, and want to rebel a little bit against the societal and authoritative norms. And then as we grow older, we actually become the authority. We start to go back that way. Doc, you probably speak that better than I could. Is that a good, good summation of it? Oh, I, development? Think a, I think it's an excellent summation. It, it's... It's for sure. We have to know what the rules are before we can break them or challenge them or test them or whatever. Right. And development implies that you have your role models. You have the people that are going to give you the examples of what those things are and just flat out tell you what those rules are. And 
of course, what you end end up go through that adolescent period usually of testing those boundaries you're going to end up somewhere along along the spectrum there's another dynamic that we can look at this through another lens we can look at this through and i have talked with other psychiatrists about this previously just just totally random not related to comic books but definitely to the dnd part the old psychoanalysis like id ego it's super ego super ego in terms of how these things fall meaning for those that that don't know it basically means you basically do whatever the heck it is that you want be it for survival or impulse or whatever super ego being the part that has all the rules in place and makes sure that you do things exactly the way you're supposed to and the ego basically saying between those two can we find some middle ground in all of this so i think when you add all those things up combine those facts you got development on one hand and then you have like our own our own psychology on the other then yeah you end up with a matrix like this that's that's not too far off yeah you I deal with constantly having to do what I did for 20 years. I'm experiencing heavily right now at the facility I work at. The kids would be okay. And my boys would be much better if they quit worrying about one or two deleterious influences within the community setting. And they're more concerned about impressing this one young man than they are on staff. And then ultimately, after consequence after consequence after consequence, they start to get through their heads. Oh, staff doesn't want me to do wrong. They're doing this for my own good. Maybe I need to quit ignoring this other young man. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of breakthrough that I think you can have. And you do have sometimes in comic books, you do have sometimes D&D, where you can see an alignment switch in the character. As we would call it in wrestling terms, uh, parlance, a turn. You turn yeah. from a baby face to a heel or a heel to a baby face. That's natural development. I think that's part of why you have this broad matrix that you're talking about, Doc. I think this yeah. is just natural. Part of the reason I'm, I've always been attracted to comic books and geekery because I think it doesn't get enough credit for how deep and thought-provoking it can be, especially in comparison to more quote-unquote classical literature like Shakespeare or the Bronte sisters or name any great author. I think that we're, we're starting to see a little bit of that with the acceptance of comic book-based entertainment into the mainstream. But I think those of us that have read it for a long time, that's always been there and been an attraction for us. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. What about... What do y'all feel? Is that part of the reason you were attracted to comic books or did that come later? Oh, I, I think it's already always been there, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, it used to be one of those more hidden things that I would enjoy, but it's not hidden now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's great. No. Yeah, yeah we, we can really enjoy it. And I'll be very honest, a podcast like this just gets me more amped up, not just for the comic side, but for anybody to talk about wrestling and things like mm-hmm. that. So if you're going to talk about having those having those turns and everything i think if we're gonna put that on the matrix it's like oh is there really such a thing as a tweener does that yeah. really survive in the business okay, he uh, said the word he term. said the I word that term. i know you do i oh i, I, I do it i'm pressing buttons here mm-hmm. so that's but that's exactly my point that's exactly my point yeah. reality mm-hmm. is you're gonna especially for entertainment purposes like you're you're gonna be a face or a heel that's just the way it mm-hmm. is right, right. <laughs> right. A, big, a big part of wrestling I know this is not a wrestling podcast, but we're kind of crossing the streams here because we're talking about all aspects of geekdom. It's our month of crossovers. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the veterans in the business, which unfortunately, after all my years, I am. When we train young wrestlers, we talk about ring psychology. We tell stories. The best, the best and most successful, highest money-making moments in wrestling involve very simplistic, as I said earlier, to quote lavishing recruit, black hats versus white hats. It's the old John Wayne Western. 
you, you cheer for the good guy because he doesn't break the rules or it's lawful good. And you brew the bad guy or the heel because he breaks the rules. That's simple. He's, and so it's, it's very simplistic storytelling, but that morality and our, your take on the different aspects of lawful versus chaotic, good versus evil have existed in storytelling forever. And you can go back to ancient times. This has always been an effective way to teach this. Not everything is two plus two is four. It's not as simple as the hard science. And so psychology is, is a fascinating thing because, let's be honest, the human mind is probably going to be the, the last. It is the true final frontier. We're, we're never going to fully understand it at 100%. We're just, no matter how much science we try, we never mind. But then, but then to, to interject there and to not to necessarily get into the tweener stuff, but you can look at the antiheroes and mm-hmm. the, the rule breakers that still get cheered. That's what the attitude error was built on. The whole defiance yep. of authority that Stone Cold Steve Austin very clearly was acting like a heel. He was, mm-hmm. he was using heel tactics, but it was because mm-hmm. it was against the, the McMahon family Great. who was considered to be the greater evil, the, the greater evil mm-hmm. that made Austin kind of by default, the hero. And yep. then, then you factor in the, the, McMahon Helmsley faction era and everything like that. Right. And then the, the corporate ministry, we're going back in attitude era. D- Doc and I are reliving our high school days mm-hmm. back 20 years ago, but, <laughs> but that's you really in the beginning of my wrestling career. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're you, you can, I, again, I don't know that they're tweeners because they very clearly get a reaction from the crowd to a certain degree, but it's those heel actions taken in furtherance of a greater positive or a greater good or even self-interest. But if those self-interests happen to be against somebody that the general fandom tends to hate, and you can have the double turn, Austin versus Hart was a perfect mm-hmm. example of that. Mm-hmm. Where both which is absolutely one of the hardest things time. to do in a ring, yeah. which is absolutely one of the absolute hardest things to do in wrestling and do well. Yeah. An example I've used before, and I think this applies to but I'm going to use a wrestling analogy, but I think it applies to comic books as well. I'm a little bit a little older than you guys, and growing up in the Carolinas, I was grew up on the old Crockett Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, the heyday and the beginning of the Full Horseman. Obviously, the Full Horseman, the Midnight Express, who were two of the main heel packs of the time, yeah. were cool heels. They were, they were, they were heels. You're talking right. about that. Like, come on, Rick Flair dressed cool. He had beautiful women, great cars. So did Tully Blanchard. The Midnight Express were cool. But why did we cheer them? Because our baby faces were Magnet TA and Dusty Rhodes of the Rock and Roll Express and Road Warriors. They were even cooler. It's kind of the kind of the analogy I make to, to Batman. The Joker is undeniably charismatic and you can't take your eyes off of. So how do you create a, a dynamic to where people want to root against them, even though he is absolutely insane? Or you have a cool hero to go up against them in Batman. Mm-hmm. And I think, at least in wrestling, and this is also true in comic books too, the most effective babyface, to use the wrestling term, hero, to use the comic book term, are usually guys that do tend to skew a little bit that way. But one of my favorite promos ever was a promo by Dusty Rhodes, where he had just Hard been times. stripped. <laughs> no, no, that, that <laughs> promo, I, I know for those of you that didn't see it live when it happened, it's a big deal historically speaking, but it was just another regular Dusty promo for us to saw him cut those every <laughs> well, single week I was, on television. I was say, okay, so, so just, a, just a little bit about it, like 
I heard that promo five times as a kid. Like, it's not as if it was the only right. time or anything like that. So anyway, to get, I'll let you get right. back to your point. I just, I just had to throw that in there just because <laughs> I think it's funny because that's the only Dustin Rhodes promo anybody yeah. ever mentioned. Yep. Yeah, well, that was the one that he cut leading up to the Star Kid 85, where the main event was him and Lit Flair coming back from the leg injury when Anderson and Flair hurt his leg. This promo actually goes back to sometime in 84, so a year before that, where he had just been stripped of whatever mid-card belt he had. I want to say it was the, the television title. And during his feud with Tully Blanchard, and he came on to cut a promo where he basically told Jim Crockett he was not going to be dictated to. He told the board directors at the NWA he wasn't going to be dictated to because he was born a rebel and no one but God himself dictated to Dustin Rhodes because he was the American dream. And he had been fighting the system all his life. And at his, at his core, he was a good person and the fans knew it. And that's why they were behind him. And I, so I think that the hinge of the anti-hero has existed in heroes forever in those areas where heroes and, 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 and villain dynamic is so important. That's a great exec. Our, our very first, we do another podcast called Nostalgia Trip, where we just look at something from our childhood and how it helped to develop us as a geek. The first one we did was Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Dukes of Hazard, the, the Dukes make a point explicitly from the first episode through the run of the show. We fight the system. And they were the good guys. So I think that dynamic exists. And it'll be interesting as we, as we go list off some different comic book characters, I think. We, we're we're going to worry about names, some that are lawful good, but I bet you if you look hard enough, you can find a little streak of this rebelliousness in even the lawful good characters. Right, well, that's that's a good segue to go into these characters that we might think would be lawful good. I personally think the best example, the like the the biggest shining example of lawful good in comics would be Superman. I, I don't think anybody would, would argue against that. He, he fits all that stuff, the yes, no, ma'am. He'll, he'll want kids to be in school and all that. But he's also one of those characters, I th- and I think it's one of the interesting things when it comes to lawful good characters is when you have to make the character choose between what's lawful and what's good. I, I think that can be a, an interesting thing. But I think in, in just about any any case, I think Superman's probably the best case of lawful good. The trying to do agree with that, I take it? Is oh, there any argument? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no he, he, there's a reason why he's your, he's like one of your favorite DC characters, Seth. Yeah. Because yeah. he all see things very similar. Yeah. So, Anthony, I'll throw it to you next. Do, do you have any examples of lawful good that you had? Lawful good for me, definitely Superman qualifies. He definitely can lean neutral good, soups, depending on on where he is. And I think that the current run by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Action Comics, at least with the War World saga, very much was Superman as sort of a neutral good because he said that, you know, you have to break these these rules that Mongol has set up for you because it's suppressing you and, and keeping you enslaved. So one of my picks, I, I had two, depending on how this went. One of my picks for lawful good, I would argue is even more pure than Superman. And that would be the OG Captain Marvel, Billy Batson slash okay. Shazam. Yeah, definitely. There's a guy who makes Superman <laughs> look like Lex Luthor by comparison. Maybe right. not that bad, but when it comes to, to purity of good, Billy Batson is absolutely up there and will follow those rules, even if it pits him against Superman, which has happened. Yeah. Which is interesting when you factor in that Captain Marvel Shazam's powers are magic based. And a lot of people outside of the avid comic book readers, they don't know Superman has two weaknesses, kryptonite Mm -hmm. and magic. And magic. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but it's never really come up in the live action. Right. Never pitted. Never gave it a Superman against a magical character, which I think would make for fascinating. Oh, it's why uh, I'm chopped story. a bit for the Black Adam uh, Superman well, it, meeting if it happens. <laughs> well, it's 2022. We can we keep our fingers crossed and keep a hope up. So yeah. It might happen by 2026. So, uh, Doc, did you have a pick for Lawful Good? I didn't have an extra one. Superman was my man from the start. Mm-hmm. So I'll just I'll just go with that. I'll throw one that. I thought Anthony might go with Captain America just in terms of the military background, everything related to, if you want to say it's it's the American way, and I know that's part of Superman's line too, originally. I, I think he, he definitely skews that way, although I could definitely see a neutral good with him as well, because there have been times where he's even had to stand up against the establishment and has. He's been on that rebel side of the Civil War, definitely showed that. But if you had to skew it into one of the nine and i would say that's where i'd play someone like that but i i know anthony may have a different view on that you're not entirely wrong yes he does obviously push back against the laws when he thinks that they're immoral mm-hmm. i would argue yes that he if he's he's on the border of lawful good and neutral good generally leaning towards lawful good historically speaking although more of the recent runs have definitely put him into the neutral good and insofar as they are expanding and and growing cap and putting him in situations where the laws are set to oppress people and you're getting a lot of different voices in terms of writing. Tennessee Coates' run, I think, did a fantastic job of that. The most recent miniseries, the, the United States of Captain America, showed a lot of different people taking on various parts of the Captain America mythos within their specific communities, largely minority communities. And it was enlightening for Cap. Also, uh, Bucky and Sam were present as well. And so it was just interesting to see this collection and John Walker, I might add. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to see this collection of people, all of whom have worn the cap mantle at various times to to speak to the the broad encompassing nature of of what Captain America is and and can be and can continue to be because he is a, a very powerful symbol, obviously. I have the shield tattooed on my shoulder blade because Cap is, is Cap and Moon Knight are my, my 1A and 1B in terms of favorite characters. Cap is who I aspire to be, and Moon Knight is who I never want to end up becoming. So that's the, Cap is the character. You don't want that diet. You, you don't want that diagnosis? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I, I do not. Um, I do not blame you. <laughs> and uh, by, my other pick, by the way, that I had, and here's not, he's not an obscure character, but he's one that's not uh, certainly not talked about as much. Richard Ryder, I would put in the lawful good category, the original Nova. If you think about the yes. Richard Ryder and the Nova Corps, which yeah. is very much Marvel's answer to the Green Lantern Corps, Rich absolutely personified that lawful good characterization so i would i would put nova as as more of that At, richard Ryder. i would put maybe sam as more of the neutral good from okay. the younger he's a little more rebellious so he's right. like yeah you got to do good but this you know, screw the screw the man if he's trying to stick it to you and mm-hmm. just do what's right and trainer do you have any lawful good I, I picks would, I, yeah i would dovetail off what you said with nova court actually works well with what my choice would be it's also a lesser-known character, and my was Kyle Rayner. Of course, he started out as a Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and the Green Lantern Corps, like you brought up, it, it, they represent an inter- intergalactic 
police force and police is law enforcement. Their whole job is to, to make sure whatever the laws are, 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 are maintained. And of course, Kyle, I, I guess before I got to Kyle, the idea of that concept was why the parallax term for how Jordan was so gut-wrenching and, and such a gut punch because mm-hmm. It was this character who was all about willpower and following the rules. And then he had a turn, which shows you the frailty and flaws of intelligent beings. But then Kyle is even more so, I think, than, than Hal, so much so that he started the White Lantern Corps, which is, if you're going to look at the spectrum that they, they do on the, on the Lantern Corps, the White Lantern Corps is like the epitome of lawfulness. I don't know if anybody agrees or disagrees with that, do they? No, nope, not, not mm-hmm. from here. Not disagreeing with that. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's, he's so pure that he was able to use the power of the, the one color on the spectrum or lack thereof, I should say, or all the colors combined, I should say. They, they represents nothing but lawfulness and goodness. So I, I would, I would lean towards Kyle Rayner, which for, for the record is probably my favorite green lantern we've ever had. I know our late great friend, Norco Kitty was a big fan of Kyle Rayner too, yeah. wasn't he? So, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. It was one of the first things I'd made. Yeah learned about it and one other thing yeah, about that the, the flash yeah one other thing about the different lanterns it was one of my favorite pictures of superman it's one of those things i would get it on a poster if i could because i can't remember if it was the black lanterns or if it was the white lanterns where they would see whatever color that person most fit with if they mm-hmm. were willpower they'd see him as green superman shows up and he's the entire rainbow he's the entire spectrum <laughs> and I'm like, yep, yeah, that's that's freaking there perfect right there. Yep. <laughs> so I guess we will move on to neutral good here. And the the neutral good alignments, I think what separates them from the lawful good is they tend to look at right and wrong through their own lens first rather than an external or established lens. In other words, they don't necessarily look to rules for what what's wrong or right. It's not to say they don't believe there should be law and order. I think it's just they kind of have their own standards as to whether a person is is good or not. And I think this alignment's kind of used more for the maverick type that might march to their own drum, so to speak. They'll still be one of the first to help people in need. And uh, they're generally good characters. They believe in right and wrong, but they'll bend or break the laws if they deem necessary. If, if they think the greater good involves breaking the law, they're they're certainly not above doing that. I think one of the best characters, he's not a superhero or comic character, that to me at least fits neutral good, and that's Captain Kirk, because he, few people would argue against him being a hero character, but he does bend and break rules. I I think the Kobayashi Maru thing is a good example of that. The, I don't think they outlined exactly what he did in Star Trek 2 to, to describe that, but they talked about how he, he cheated or he, he, he bucked the system. What it, what it is is his argument was when the Klingons showed up in the Kobayashi Maruta to what they thought was this act of war, is he said, well, I'm Captain James T. Kirk. And then the Klingons are like, the Captain Kirk? Oh, oh okay, we're, we're, we'll, we'll back off. That, that, that's, that was the hack that he did. And his argument, the reason why he was rewarded for that instead of punished for hacking a, a program as he said, what if I had built the reputation that I would actually have that at my disposal? And that, that, that was why he was credited with that. Another example, I think, was Star Trek III, when they go to try to recover Spock and try to recover the Genesis program. Kirk has the line, the answer is no, therefore I'm going anyway. 
I think you probably fit Fury <laughs> in there as well because you said that thing that they made their decision. But since I think it's a stupid ass decision, I'm going, you know, I'm doing it anyway. So that's right. my pick for for a neutral good. I have a couple others, but Doc, I'll throw it to you first this time. Do you have a pick for neutral good? Or? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and and I know it goes back to how we may view this matrix as a whole, but I'm gonna be very biased and just base it on a story that I've read cover to cover as it was happening. And it's rare for me to do that in comics. Usually I just wait until way later and pick and just pick up the full volume or whatever. That's what I do. Infinite yeah. Crisis, not Crisis okay. on Infinite Earths, because that's mm-hmm. the that's the original one back in the 80s. I'm talking Infinite Crisis, where Wonder Woman was put in a very interesting situation. She was dealing with a Superman that thought that his family had been killed by Doomsday and for whatever reason, due to that mind control that Max Lord had on him, thought that Wonder Woman was Doomsday. So she had to fight him Mm -hmm. tooth and nail and actually held her own pretty well. The reason why I'm giving this as an example is she basically says to Max Lord, what do I have to do to stop this? How do I end this mind control? He says, kill me. So she takes out her sword, chops Mm -hmm. his head off. (laughs) And it throws at pretty much everybody else like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> since when do you do that she said and, and basically she said i'll do whatever's necessary i know you guys put which basically means she was often typecast as lawful good but her point was i'll do whatever is necessary to get the job done there have been other wonder woman stories where that's come up a lot where she just bucks the trend of whatever it is that's considered important in society for the sake of what she thinks is going to save the most lives mm-hmm. and that that was the most drastic example, though, it, it, at least in my reading, where I said, yeah, this this woman, aside from being a badass, because that's that's definitely mm-hmm. true. That's that's a very interesting way to take a stand and yeah. to to really go against what everyone else thought of her, not just what was expected of any hero, but those particular heroes. She's part of that holy trinity with with Superman and Batman and whatnot. Like, wow. That's that's mm-hmm. a, that's quite a leap. Yeah. Good yeah, is I, not nice. Yeah, yeah. I I had uh, w- I had Wonder Woman as neutral as well. And the quote that I have on that alignment poster, I think it's actually stems from a John Lennon line. But she says, "Love is the flower you've got to let grow. Let it grow already. Quit trying to legislate it." <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, uh, Anthony, you got a pick for a neutral good? Uh, Daredevil. I think okay. definitely qualifies as that. You've got the vigilante who's also an attorney and Matt is constantly racked with his Catholic guilt and is not above really beating the, the shades out of somebody, seven shades out of somebody to get what he needs to get done. He really doesn't like to kill and he very much will, will not kill if, if at, if it can be at all avoided, but he will also just straight up break the laws or, learn how to utilize loopholes to his advantage since he is an attorney. So I, I would absolutely put Matt Murdock in that in that neutral good category. And Train, you got one? I didn't mean to pick you last uh, twice in a row, Train. Sorry about that. No, it's all right. Anthony, so so right. The Catholic guilt waxed him. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have two. It, it's similar to when we did this with the horror character. You remember our neutral good character from the horror franchises was Dr. Sam Loomis. From the Halloween mm. franchise. Here's a character that represents authority, represents a sense of order as a, a psychiatrist and a, at a state mental hospital, but he is willing to bend the, bend the rules to stop the greater evil that is the shape, is Michael Myers. And that is not dissimilar from the Wonder Woman killing Max Lord. 
Okay, don't want to do this. Now, I think he justified it in his own mind by saying, he even said, devil's eyes, this is even a human being. This is a personification of evil. So I have to stop it. If that means I got to be a little bit morally ambiguous to do it, I will. But I think good, good analogies, there's two of them, and they're very similar characters from both major imprints. And I know I'll probably get some, some kickback on these two picks, but that's Batman and Iron Man. Tony Stark mm-hmm. and, and Bruce Wayne, they don't mind kind of finding that, that gray area in the law. At the end of the day, they want to do the most good. Now, what their motivations behind doing that are different. Uh, I also think both of them, being rich, small rich kids born with a silver spoon in their mouth, are both a bit of, of elitists who are like, I think they're, they both have this mindset of there need to be rules, but so, and somebody's got to make the rules. And since I'm the smartest man in the room, why not it be me? So I think that's kind of how they justified in their mind. We as a, as a whole might feel, well, they're breaking the rules. Well, in their mind, I'm not so sure if they think they're breaking the rules. Do so they just take under? It's just, they, there's a full wrong conclusion to both of them that, well, we're, we're rich and we're elite, so we make the rules anyways. But what they do, I don't think anybody can argue that what both those characters do is for the greater good of, of, of other people. Now, Tony doesn't have as much problems killing, obviously, as Bruce does. But I think that's the moral side of Bruce. He won't kill him. I've said before, and people look at me weird, Bruce Wayne slash Batman might be the most sympathetic individual towards his villain than any other superhero in the comic books in any imprint because he won't kill. He mm-hmm. truly believes that everyone at least deserves a chance to try to be saved. This is why he keeps taking everybody back to Arkham Asylum, even though he knows that, that Arkham Asylum is, is leaky as a buckle of 45,000 holes. They're going to escape. They're going to create more mayhem, but he's going to do it because he believes everybody at least deserves the chance to be saved. So that's the good in them. But they they both will kind of make their own set of rules, and that goes against societal rules, which makes them neutral. But like I said, put your 10,000 word blog post to crazy trainer score JB at twitter.com. I'll listen to it. I'm not going to back away from my thoughts on that. Nobody is beyond redemption, I think, is what you're trying to say. Or that, that's what yeah, yeah, and I, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think more so than any other, any other character, hero, at least, in comic books, Bruce Wayne is that way. And that's definitely the good side of him. But now the rules are kind of his rules. Because, well, I'm rich and, I, and we make the rules anyway, so why does it matter? All right, now we're going to get to one of the more fun ones, I think. Is, I think this is the one that the alignment that a lot of writers have the most fun with, and that's the chaotic good. As the name implies, this is the character that still leans good, but doesn't really care much for rules or established laws. Again, kind of leaning more towards the chaos and the order. This is the common alignment that I think a lot of anti-heroes who might seek revenge against a villain, but they'll still have a measure of respect for other heroes. They, they, they will work outside the law, yet for the law in many cases. I think uh, probably the one that is the biggest example, I think probably a lot of us would have had this character on our chaotic good list would be Wolverine because I've always described Wolverine or Logan as he tries to be a good man. He just fails a lot of times. And I I think he is still the type of person that would help an old lady across the street. Now, I also actually think Frank Castle Punisher might too as well, but they just approach it with different things depending on whether there are bad guys across the street because because I I still have Punisher as chaotic good because obviously he kills bad guys, but he kills bad guys indiscriminately. Like there, there's no rules with what he would or won't do. So I've even talked to a train off mic about this. So you can back this up. It's like Punisher is such a black and white character. 
you know, as far as how he sees things. Like he could be helping the old lady across the street, but if he sees a bank robbery go along, he might pull out his piece and start shooting the bank robbers while he's still helping the old lady across the street. <laughs> you know? He might say, you might need to cover your yeah. ears, ma'am, or something like that. But <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Wolverine and Punisher, those are my chaotic good picks. Train, I'll throw to you first this time since you did, you did last, uh, had your last the last few times. Okay. I'm going to pick my favorite comic book character of all time, Ghost Rider. Specifically, the Johnny Blade incarnation. We could go into much greater depth about the spirit of vengeance as a whole, but I will choose the Johnny Blade incarnation of the Ghost Rider. Because, and I know that seems weird because you're dealing with the mysticism of Zarathos and Lefisto. And, and so there is a symbol of, of, of order, not chaos, even though you're dealing with dark order. But he is a good character. He's mm-hmm. a character who, that's the whole point of Johnny. He, he takes the curse that is placed upon him that is meant to be used for evil and, and basically throws it back in Zarathos' face. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it for good. And the whole reason he even made the deal to sell his soul to begin with was an attempt to do a good thing, to save Barton, to save his dad's life or his adopted father's life. So I think that he is chaotic. I, he, I don't know once the Ghost Rider persona takes over. He really even understands, let alone cares about man's laws and order, but he does use his, 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 his powers for good. In fact, depending on which rider you're looking at, which era and volumes you're looking at of Ghost Rider, sometimes he would only, only could, could transform in the presence of you. So I think he's chaotic, especially since he's so unpredictable and he, he kind of goes by his own rule book. But at the end of the day, what he tries to do is pull the greater good of whatever the situation is. All right, Doc, you got a pick for uh, chaotic good? It was freaking taken. Oh, my uh, God. I was going with Punisher go all oh, okay. the way. Yeah. Just so clear. Just yeah. so, so clear. I, I, I don't know if I can really add to, the, the, to your to your description. This is why man, I should have oh, been man. saving my picks for last, because I had several picks lined up just in case they got picked. Well, okay. Well, we'll throw to Anthony, and then if you can think of one in that time, we'll, we'll throw back to you. Does that sound good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. One of the biggest or most archetypal examples of chaotic good in fiction is Robin Hood mm-hmm. and robbing the rich to give to the poor, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's not really much of a stretch to say that one of the greatest examples of chaotic good in comic books is a character who is very much based, at least appearance-wise and, and perhaps even power set-wise, on Robin Hood, and that is Oliver Queen. Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Ollie is absolutely chaotic, mm-hmm. does what he has to do in the comics. I'm not getting into Arrowverse and all that jazz, but but comics, Ollie is very much chaotic good, does what he needs to do for good. And of course, the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill run of Green Arrow and Green Lantern used that to offset him with Hal Jordan, who was the cop, the space cop by the book. Et cetera, et cetera. So very much a, a show in that. There you go. Yep. I know people can't see this, yeah. but I'm holding up my trade paperback version of the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams run on Green, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I still read it yep. that, to this that's day. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. chaotic. For my God, my Lord of the Junkie. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And, 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 you know, it, it plays in well. With, we just brought up the Green Lantern core as a whole, being like a monolith of lawful goodness. That's, that's, for me personally, that run that you're talking about, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, not the comic books hadn't been socially aware and conscious before. 
I think that probably brought it to the forefront more than any other run of any major title. And that was early 70s. And we just continued to go that way and go down that trajectory. You, uh, you protect, the, you protect right. the blue skins, you protect the purple skins, you protect yep. all those other skins. Right. Yep. What are you doing yeah. to protect the brown and the skins? And like you said, the dichotomy between Oliver and Hal was so well done because at times Hal would be right and Oliver would see the error of his ways and sometimes Oliver would be right and Hal would see the error of his ways. It's, it was one of the most successful takes I've ever seen on being more realistic to what the real world which is, which is as much as we want it to be black and white, it's thousands of shades of gray. But I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll add in two more. These are the characters I, was, I should have picked to kick things off here about Chaotic Good, but they're both Star Wars characters that I think is Chaotic Good. Han Solo. Han I know Solo. you're going there. Yes. Oh, I know you're yeah. going there. So yep, yep <laughs> definitely Han Solo. Although I think you could make the argument during the, the course of the original Star Wars or A New Hope, at the beginning, he was true neutral. But then by the time the, the movie was over, he, he had turned to a chaotic good, going back to that switching alignments. But the other one, also Star Wars here, and this is going to sound funny at first, but I think it's fitting, R2-D2. R2-D2 fulfills Absolutely. his mission, and he sure as hell doesn't sure. care about whatever rules get in the way. <laughs> so. Nope. <laughs> no, he does not. Well, Seth, you bring up a very interesting one bring up Star Wars, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but, but since we do have two guests that normally aren't on the show... I'm interested in, in Anthony and Doc's take on this. What about Lando? He starts out definitely as chaotic good, or mm-hmm. maybe even chaotic neutral, because he's a bit selfish. Mm-hmm. Develops more of a lawful lean because he joins the, the alliance, and even before that, he's the administrator of Bespin. But I've always kind of seen him as a bit chaotic good as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Billy good, yeah. D and Lando, so I had to bring him up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I would. Oh, oh I'm, I'm definitely about that. I think chaotic good, especially by the end. It, it, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I I go with that. I think Lando starts off maybe more of a of a chaotic neutral and ends up maybe towards a neutral good by by Jedi. Lando yeah. very much is I do is, that is neutral because he's like, yeah, buddy, pal, and I'm going to help you. But also the Empire shows up and I got to do rights right for me. So yeah. yeah, I'll sell you out. And then he he makes that turn. So I would say Lando mm-hmm. is more chaotic neutral in the beginning and ships more towards neutral good by the end of Jedi, where he's very much on the side of good, but he, he's not as chaotic, but he's sure as hell ain't lawful. I think blowing up the Death Star kind of indicates him from turning in his friends, even though I think when he come down to it, they had that whole thing. He had no right. choice. He either turned in his friends and bad stuff happened, or he didn't turn in his friends and worse stuff happened. I had two of the most difficult experiences I've had as a parent come from Star Wars. The first is trying to explain to my oldest daughter, who's now 26, when she was a young child, that whole scene at, at the Jedi Temple. Well, what did Anakin do, Daddy? What happened to the younglings? Mm-hmm. That was not a comfortable car ride home. That was, <laughs> but the other one that was very hard is my youngest son, who just turned 17. Why, why, did, why did Lando sell him out? Hans is friend. That was an interesting parenting. I, to this day, he doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense to me, Dad. He could have Get him a heads up or, 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 or what I'm like. Lando said it the best, son. He, he was in an impossible situation. He was, what was he going to do? And to, to, to go back to Star Trek and Spock, it was one of those needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Even though the mm-hmm. emotional ties he had to, to Chewie and Han were there, he had to think about all the people that were, he's in charge of that worked in the mines and their investment. So, but at the end of the day, I told him, I said, son, you have to forgive me my, my bias here. Because it's Billy D. Williams, 
who is smooth as silk and smells like cold 45, which gives him a lot of leeway in my yeah. I digress. Works every time. All right, so we'll now move into the neutral. And neutral, of course, does not necessarily mean selfish. I think that's, that's something that a lot of gamers understand, but people who are might not be gamers might not. But the lawful neutral, these are the types that, at least in my opinion, the, these are the, they look at the law, order, and justice without a lens of right and wrong or even in good and evil. It's just, it's the rules. Well, r- r- rules are made to be followed, and the, I think these are the characters that are best at being police or judges or, and I'm going to try to use these words carefully because I'm going to preface this, in a perfect world, which, of course, we are not in a perfect world, much as we may want to be, the perfect political leader might be a lawful neutral. And I'm not going to put any commentary anyway on that, but it's just the lawful neutrals would be, I think, just as quick to call it a hero for breaking laws as they would a villain. Because if it's okay to break a law, then why should that law exist in the first place? So as far as character examples, to get back to the Batman examples we have in earlier, I think Commissioner Gordon is a good example. Because he and Batman have that understanding that Batman just does not, he doesn't break any rules either. Commissioner Gordon would be just as against killing the villains as Batman would because, well, murder's wrong. I don't know if anybody else had a, had a thought to that. Anthony, you want to chime in as far as you think it'd be a good lawful neutral? Lawful neutral for me is Judge Dredd. Yeah, he was on my list too. There's yeah. a man, he is the law. He mm. does what needs to do. You, ju- you just told, you just told Doc Picks, didn't you? You just told Doc's <laughs> you know pick, didn't you? It, I am the law. <laughs> yeah. I am the law. But, <laughs> if I'm not listening, don't worry, Doc. Yeah. I got to call another choice. Okay, so, well, yeah. so you know what? I'll let Doc and, and uh, Train talk more about Judge Dredd. I got another one. OG Nick Fury. Okay. Yep. Yep. He was mm. he was mine too. Yeah. Oh. You're talking the David Hathaway version of Nick Fury. Well, <laughs> well yeah. Six one six Fury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 OG, OG Nick Fury. Yeah. Who, Very much neutral. Uh, yeah. Lawful neutral. He's the head of Shield. He does what needs to be done to maintain order in the world. Good, bad. What Nick Fury will make deals with whoever, as long as it keeps everything flowing smoothly the yeah. status quo that it's not too great it's not too bad it's just there one other thing i'll say about nick fury obviously sam jackson is the perfect because they based him on ultimate nick fury of course but if they were to have done the classic 616 fury on the big screen before he passed uh, arlie army i think would have knocked nick fury out of the park as oh, far yeah. as uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah agreed agreed so, so doc <laughs> anything you want to say about judge dread or well the main thing is it's not just whether or not you're following the law it's the enforcement it's the Mm -hmm. idea that you in a way you're kind of flipping what we consider to be the most important part like we're talking about good and evil like it's more like no no no. the law itself like in other words Mm -hmm. following the rules is above everything else the morality is secondary at least in terms of how the person is behaving so mm-hmm. that's why I think Dread is a great example. And and I didn't want to give it short shrift to the fact that so many other characters, I can usually see where they're coming from, from the good or evil. He was written that way, though. So mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated it. And not only that, a whole like, honestly, the whole the whole judge system is set up that way. So it's not it's not as if it's just him, but because he gets the he gets to fill the spotlight, it it. it He's the first character that I think of within, within that group. Mm-hmm. All right, Train, you'd have anybody on, on your list? Yeah. One, we're going to go to another one of my favorite Marvel characters, Dr. Stephen Strange. People might think that's weird, but 
one must remember that Doctor Strange deals in the world of mysticism and magic and the occult, which has its own very unique and different set of rules, thus making him lawful. As, as, as Bruce Wayne likes to point out, the reason he doesn't like magic is because it doesn't have rules. For his mind, it probably doesn't. For his very logical mind, it probably doesn't. I understand to, to Bruce Wayne's logical mind, magic doesn't have, you know, he's a lot like Jason Bourne and, the, and Bruce Wayne are this very, whatever has to be done, and it, they, it's very ordered and very step. That is true with Doctor Strange, too, but it is a different set of rules than what we as, quote-unquote, mortal men are used to. But on the neutral side, Strange has shown he will go into the darker realms if he feels it is needed for the greater good. He, he, he maintains the law and order of that exists within the magic world, but he's not above doing what we would perceive as, as good or evil, depending on the situation, as long as it applies to, to keeping the laws that he understands of magic, which I think makes him a good point. I'll add in one more for lawful neutral. I might get a little flack for this, so I might get my own 10,000-word blog posts directed my way. And I would argue Captain Jean-Luc Picard as lawful neutral. He's definitely lawful, and I know people will say he's lawful good, and I, I don't think I'd argue too hard against that. But his staunch allegiance or adherence to the Prime Directive, is there anything more lawful and neutral than the Prime Directive? How many yeah. times <laughs> has... Because there was that infamous episode where the entire planet was basically drug addicts. They thought they were going to die if they didn't get this serum, and it turned out they were just all drug addicts. And Picard was like, no, this Prime Directive, we're not, we're not going to interfere with this. And yes, for a day or so, these people probably thought they were being condemned to die. But then once their withdrawal ended... <laughs> they'd, they'd realize, hey, wait a minute, we're... So I would argue that <laughs> okay. that was a lawful neutral approach than a lawful good one, because Dr. Crusher was saying, no, we can get them off this without just having them quit cold turkey, but that would violate the prime directives. That's why I'd, I would throw it out there that uh, Picard's lawful neutral more than lawful good. So now we've reached the halfway point of this discussion, which it would be the true neutral. And I think this is one of those that when it comes to at least main characters, it can be harder to, how would you say, uh, classify characters as true neutral, but I think it can be done. I think the biggest examples, though, would be characters that are maybe artificial life forms, robots, androids, things like I know the, the common joke is to the, the true neutrals are the NPCs uh, that, that nobody cares about. <laughs> but I would argue that somebody like C-3PO is true neutral because he has programming, and his whole mindset is he's going to try to please whoever he sees as being his master. And I think that would be an example of true neutral. He, his personal thoughts or beliefs, as far as right or wrong, are going to be secondary to pleasing his master. So, Train, you feel like taking on a true neutral here? Or? Yeah, sure. And I, I want to take cop out, too. I'm going to take the same character that we chose for a horror true neutral because he mm -hmm. was a comic book character, even though he has moved into live action media. And that's John Constantine. Constantine. Mm -hmm. He's going to do what he's going to do. That's who John is. And even though I just spent this whole spiel on how magic has its own set of rules, I don't know if John even cares about those rules. Sometimes he will break them. Sometimes he won't. I mean, I do think he tries to do what is good. Uh, I mean, his whole situation is based upon trying to do some good stuff, but he got in the situation then by doing bad stuff. I, I think he is the epitome of, of, true gray mm -hmm. in the way he approaches just about every situation well, i had him as my chaotic neutral choice okay ah, okay okay mm -hmm. you want me to choose another neutral oh, no i'll save it you guys have your choice <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. That, 
That's I have another chaotic much- neutral choice, but but he was on my list for chaotic neutral. I didn't see him as uh, so much a true uh, neutral. Well, who did you have for true neutral then? Okay. For for true neutral, I tend to view the larger than life entities within the mm-hmm. Marvel and DC universes, those that just are there, there is no, because they are so vast in their scope and their cosmic understanding of everything that they do not perceive of things as good or bad. It is just ontological inertia moving forward. That is just, these right. are the things that are happening. And so Galactus for me mm-hmm. is true neutral. Yep. Agreed. That he just, he's not doing it out of any malice or anything. It's, I am a cosmic force of nature. I need to consume these worlds. I will send out my heralds to let that I am coming. And whatever you choose to do with that information is totally on you. I'm coming either way. And here we are. That's that's interesting because I was going to take it. I I, I didn't want to. I, I actually specifically said, okay, don't use a robot and don't use a yeah. god or, or something <laughs> like that. Because I like that's 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 a simple choice. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going with something that may not be as surprising. I'm going with someone that basically became that level uh, because of an accident. Someone that's willing to put the hydrogen atom as their representation. When you have someone like Dr. Manhattan that pretty much says, what? I really don't need to do. I don't need to deal with any of this stuff anymore. I'm just going to go my own way. So and move to Mars. Relationships. Goodbye. All of it. Don't need people. Don't need anything. I know there's that that like touching arc of oh well human life it's so beautiful and all that maybe i'll create something like okay you really have detached buddy it's it's all good though i appreciate the fact that he he basically decides yeah i guess the secret's good enough blam like all the things that he does right. it's, it's pretty clear he's on his own his own realm of existence well it's funny that that, you, that they brought up galactus because my second and third choices were Silver Surfer and Watu, which are kind of adjacent. Yeah. Um, I also had a Watu on my list. Yeah. yeah so Watu was yeah. my backup. Yeah. 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 Or, well, Watu it, and Dr. Manhattan both, I think, are characters. Another one I had on my list, and I think he falls in this category too, was, was Vision. They're all characters who I think are true neutral on the surface, but have tinges of conscious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how they do stuff like that. That's the whole, that's the whole story arc of the NCU of Vision, was that... He, he, he develops emotion. How many times has a watcher been chastised by the other watchers because he intervenes when he shouldn't? Yeah, that, that's why him Silver on my Surfer. list. Yeah, that's why I didn't list him. Yeah. And Silver Surfer turns basically hero because he sees the, the goodness in mankind. So they all have tinges of conscience that lean them towards the good side. But I think at their core, they're all neutral characters. Yeah. All right, now we'll move on to another fun one, the chaotic neutral. These are characters that kind of looked at, I think, most as being the free spirit. Uh, and I think are kind of, I don't, I don't want to use this word and, and seem like I'm just labeling it, labeling it just to label it, but like, like the anarchist type don't really like rules e- either way, kind of seen as, as, as rebels or maybe even the uh, survivalist type that may have been forced to depend only on themselves for survival all their lives, if that makes any sense, or the trickster type that might play tricks on bad guys as well as good guys. But the chaotic neutral, I think, also can be looked at as when it's like a, a living natural disaster, if that makes any sense. The, the pick that I had for chaotic neutral, and Anthony, we may disagree on this, but I chose Godzilla, especially through the movies that were in the 80s and the 90s when he was just kind of this walking engine of destruction and they just had to keep trying to come up with other ways to stop him and just 
other monsters showed up, and that's what led to the fight. But uh, I had Godzilla in mind, and I think another comic example would be the classic Savage Hulk smash Hulk. When when Bruce Banner got angry and turned into the Hulk, that was chaotic neutral. Hulk wasn't evil. He wasn't good. He just smashed stuff. I don't know, if, Anthony, if you thought about that as far as chaotic neutral, or do you have a pick for that? Or? Well, again, you and I had the discussion offline that I, I've, I, I do see the argument of Godzilla as chaotic neutral. I also think depending on the presentation, he can just be true neutral because mm-hmm. he is just a force of nature, that he is not good or bad, that he destroys things not out of any wanton malice, but because he's just doing his thing. He just wants to be left alone. I think, and he can also be chaotic evil. You look at something like a, a, a GMK Godzilla, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, where he's Shin very Godzilla, much I think. The, yeah. the possessed and he's he's taking it out on, on Japan. And one of the rare instances in which Ghidorah is actually a at least somewhat heroic yeah. character. Um, but I would also argue the original 54 Godzilla is chaotic evil to mm-hmm. chaotic Either either true neutral, chaotic neutral, or chaotic evil, depending on interpretation. But for me, chaotic neutral. So I again, I did say constant Constantine as one of the the characters. But another one, Marv from Sin City, I would okay. argue is a chaotic oh, neutral. Yeah. He's just kind of nice. doing his thing and just leave him the hell alone. And he's not gonna try to mess with you, but he's just got to do his thing. And he's he's gonna protect. Gosh, what's her name? It just went right out of my head. The, the little girl, Jessica Alba, in, in mm-hmm. the movie. Right. But he, he's just doing his thing and stay out of his way. And then you'll be fine. Yeah. Hopefully. But but for me, that was a, a good example of a, of a chaotic neutral. The, the saying that I have for Godzilla on my alignment poster, it's actually taken from Godzilla 1985. Which I think it was the first Godzilla movie ever. I didn't see it in a theater, but I remember it was one of the first Godzilla movies that I remember watching from beginning to end. But it's Raymond Burr's line in it where he says, Nature has a way sometimes of reminding man just how small he is. She occasionally throws up terrible offsprings of our pride and carelessness to remind us of how puny we really are. Again, that, that, that could probably be used to support the true neutral alignment as well. So, Yeah, uh, Dr. Uh, Sarazawa in, in the more recent one says, oh, so Godzilla would be our pet? No, we would be his Yeah, <laughs> yep. kind of thing. You know, the arrogance of man is thinking he can control Godzilla. Nature right. points out the folly of man again and again. So, Doc, you got a uh, chaotic neutral pick? All right. So there was a real simple one for me, and then there's one where I really put a lot more thought into it. I love Deadpool as a character, one of my favorites of all time. I didn't pick him because I figured everybody all over else the place would. Yeah. And all, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm not really... I don't want to talk about Deadpool. There's a concept in, in most stories, especially in comics, where once you involve things like messing up space time and, and, and especially time travel and things like that, you end up influencing a lot of things just for the sake of your own survival. Like even if it was originally a good thing, you end up on the other side sometimes. Bishop is a great character study in that mm. You want to preserve your own original timeline and somehow you end up in a situation where you're trying to kill a prepubescent girl because she's supposedly going to destroy everything. But everybody else notices that, dude, you're trying to kill a little girl. Is that terrible? (laughs) (laughs) Is that wrong? Should I not have done that? 
<laughs> like like even the, even the realization afterwards he's like well at least whatever happens i had a i had a role in it it, it just it, so so i think sometimes with chaotic neutral yeah we we think of the more wacky things or the more super complex destructive things but that was one that was way more subtle and you can kind of tie cable into that in certain ways where he ends up usually it ends up on the good side for him i'm i'm not Try to portray one as having a fair versus unfair balance to things, but yeah, Bishop definitely he he just seems to be thrown in in some real random places. All right, train, you get to take it home as far as chaotic neutral goes. Mine is much like Doc said, where you just kind of do things for your own whatever. And mine is Bat Mike. I don't know if he really has any kind of rules or law or code that he follows because we don't understand what the laws are in his dimension even less so that we understand the laws of magic that Constantine and, and, and Stranger beholden to. But everything he does, I mean, he's an imp. He's not trying to do good or bad. He's doing it for his own entertainment to see Batman be Batman. And that makes him definitely a character of, of chaos because we just don't know what's going to happen. And he doesn't care one way about good or bad. Just, hey, it's for my entertainment, my entertainment. That's my pick of that life. And and related to that, I would also argue is Mitch's Pitlick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I tend to put him a little bit more on the evil side. I thought about Mitch's Pitlick, but he's more self-aware than Batmite. He realizes what he's doing is nefarious sometimes. He doesn't care. Whereas I don't know if Batmite even, even, even delineates between the two. That's the only reason I went with Batmite. All right, yeah. that's that's fair. I just, I was thinking, because again, he's from the fifth dimension and and right. the argument that they're they're laws and understanding of things is so far beyond ours that to try and ascribe any sense of morality to him is excuse me is why she's futile and that he doesn't he doesn't always mean harm sometimes he's just doing it for the lulls yep much like Batman, it's just for his own self entertainment yep yeah, I, I had a couple here that I would throw in for fun. One that I think is fitting, not really for fun, but I think for more of the character example, to use a Star Trek example, Q. Q likes to mess with stuff just, yeah. to, mess, just to mess with it. And the, the quote I had for him for a chaotic neutral is, I'm not good in groups. It's difficult to work in groups when you're omnipotent. But uh, other, other chaotic neutrals, more for fun, Bender, Futurama, I think fits that. Nope. And you just and you just lost Anthony. <laughs> He's not a Futurama fan. Uh, okay, that's well, fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, another one as far well, as the cartoon. Kiss this, this shiny, shiny metal axe. Yeah. yeah, but another one for the cartoon example would probably Master Shake from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force because he and just kind of. You lost me, but, but then you got me back. So, so that's cool. That's 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 really. Thank you, Miwad. <laughs> my friend's boxes is all dripping i got wraps up the chaotic neutral discussion now we're going to get into the bad guys some of these i think with the lawful characters there might be some defensive what they do but the deeper into the pits of hell that we get here i think the less optimism we're going to have so the lawful evil characters who i think whoever said there's no honor among thieves probably hasn't dealt with a lawful evil character i mean these are the types who while evil will still maintain a, le- a measure of law and order with how they go about things. I think maybe the corrupt cop or the uh, corrupt politician, maybe the organized crime boss, or even some of the dictators, where it's like they may do good things in the world, but in the end you know that they're still terrible people. 
I think lawful evil characters, they enforce what they believe to be law and order, even if those enforcement means are barbaric or brutal. But I think also many lawful evil types will still keep their word, even to the hero types. If they say they're going to do something, then they're going to do it, if that makes any sense. But as far as characters, to me, and I think Trey and I have talked about this and agreed in the past, the absolute perfect example, I think, of lawful evil is Darth Vader. Darth Vader enforces what he believes is law and order to the world. He thinks he was doing the right thing. Now, there, of course, there's a whole commentary with Nick and Skywalker was tormented and stuff like that. But when he was full on Darth Vader, especially when you watch the classic movies, he thought he was enforcing law and order. So, uh, Train, I think I'll throw to you since I just brought up Darth Vader. I mean, I don't know if he was on your list as far as lawful evil mm. or if he had any others. Yeah. I'm going to choose one I'm sure is on everybody's list. I know he's on your list, Seth, because we talked about him before as a perfect example of lawful evil, and that's Octavius Von mm-hmm. Dean, Dr. Doom. Yep. Uh, he's, he definitely believes in law and order. I mean, he's the leader of a country. And though we may not agree with their laws, he seems to be bound by them. And like you said, he might wind up doing some good stuff that by accident or my no, 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 no fault of his own helps others out. But at the end of the day, he is a bad person. Yeah. He's evil. He does bad things. I understand as the development of the character came on, and we found out about the backstory of his mother. He became a, a bit more sympathetic. But at the end of the day, he's awful evil. He is an evil character. He is yeah. not a nice person. He is not someone that, that you should strive to model yourself after. But he, I think, is one of the epitomes of what, what I would see as a lawful evil character. If I stole anybody else's choice, I'm sorry. But that, I think mm-hmm. he's like the prime example for comic. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would agree that, well, at least when it comes to the, the, I don't want to say the word politic, but it's like Latveria, when Doom is in control, actually has a pretty good economy. But does that justify oh, it's, it's, him it's, doing it's evil such, things? It's one to be jealous of, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, Doc, I'll throw to you next uh, for, for this one, if you had a pick for, for lawful evil. If we veer off a little bit, although there were comics about it, if you go into veer the Street us? Fighter world, then Bison is, <laughs> okay. is you know, a, a pretty mm-hmm. good pick mm-hmm. with that. Absolutely. Yep. And yes, Doom was on the top of my list, but I knew, I knew everybody had Doom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I had two other choices, but I think it probably on everybody else. I, got, I was going to say, this is one of those, I got, I got plenty. Yep. So that's why I'm going with one where I, I hope that you guys hadn't picked him. Just the fact that, yeah, he has his own organization that he's been running for a long, long time. Yes, it includes some brainwashing. Yes, it includes some international espionage and pure destruction and terrorism, but it's, it's definitely a clear iron fist and he you know shows no mercy to anyone that tries to mess that system up but it is his system and everyone knows exactly where they stand with it so yeah mm-hmm. that's 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 who i who i went with i have some others but obviously i'll i'll throw them out later if uh, if you guys don't say them all right anthony you got a lawful evil pick well doom was on my list but another selection <laughs> that i had is uh, magneto yep as yep, as a villain too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Magneto as a villain is definitely lawful evil. Does what he needs to do for the betterment of mutants. There are regulations, not regulations, but he's got kind of a code and he does what he needs to for what he considers to be the betterment of, of mutant kind. Straightforward. Yeah. yeah. One one other that I'll put out there just uh, for, I, I don't want to say a punchline because it's really not a, not a punchline, but it, but it is definitely a, a lighter you know, a, a lighter tone type character for lawful evil. And that's boss hog. 
to go back to the Dukes of Hazard stuff. Yes, he's evil. Yep. In the sense that he's greedy and he is corrupt. Corrupt. But Boss Hogg would never put a hit out on somebody. He, he he's not the type that would eliminate his enemies that way. And I think Boss Hogg genuinely loves Hazard County and wants people to visit and enjoy Hazard. So he has that side to him, but he just wants to make as much money as possible and he doesn't mind going against his own rules to do it. So I, th- I think that's fitting for Boss Hogg. I think there's other ones like Kingpin, Megatron, that I was, think fits that yep. as well. Kingpin was one of mine yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wilson Fisk was on my list. Yep. Yeah. And I apologize, people. I said, Octavius Von Doom. I meant Victor Von Doom. I don't know why Doc Ock was in my mind. <laughs> well, there's the argument for Doc for Ock as well. So far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think Megatron is probably the, the my, my geek culture example as far as non, non-comic non characters. I think uh, we'll leave it out of a, a big elephant in the room when it comes to lawful evil. Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we weren't leaving them out. That was another one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, to be honest, I had him as neutral evil. Mm-hmm. I oh, okay, know, okay. I can see that. I can see that. I, can see that. Okay. I think yeah. he's more neutral. Certainly on the evil spectrum. There's no question about that. But I think but, but uh, I think he's more more yeah. neutral than lawful. I can see that. I can see that. But I think take, screw the rules. I have money. Right, right. But I think I hated to bring up Doom. But I because aren't Doom and Luthor like to play examples one A and one B that this the easy fallback on for that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So going to the neutral evil, I think when we bring up the uh, evil dictator types, I think the neutral evil, these are the most often portrayed as far as the evil alignments. These are the power-hungry usurpers, the vengeful criminal, the evil overlord, the terrorist type that commits atrocities in order to gain money, power, or revenge. The neutral evil types, they regularly lie and cheat to those they deem not worthy, almost never trustworthy, and they will hold grudges or personal hate to a ridiculous degree. I'll throw again to Star Wars for, for my pick, and I think the big, the best example of neutral evil in Star Wars is Palpatine. He basically took over the universe. He was the emperor of the universe, and then it was, he dissolved the Senate, and everything kind of became his will. So, so Train, I guess I'll throw to you. Do you think about that as far as Palpatine being neutral evil, or anybody on your list? Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I would put in more chaotic evil, but I could, I think there's a, definitely an argument for neutral mm-hmm. evil. He uses the law if it's to his advantage, whereas in like he's completely without any kind of code. So in the fact that he's a Sith, he has a bit of a code to him. So his bell, the Dark Jedi. You know, neutral evil is one that I, I, I don't know. Let me think on that and come back to me. I okay. let, let me think right. about it. I, yeah, good last word. Right. I, want uh, the, I want to see what Doc and Anthony have before <laughs> I, I, I say, say my piece. <laughs> All right, Doc, you have a go first then. How's that? Okay. All right. (laughs) So, like I said, I had Lex on my list for neutral. Even another one I had that I considered to be neutral evil, I I think somebody may have mentioned him in the under the lawful evil is a kingpin. Mm -hmm. I think kingpin qualifies as a neutral evil. He will play both sides of the law. He doesn't really care what he has to do to maintain his power. He will sometimes be the lawful, the, the more recent stuff where he's he's mayor, etc. But Kingpin will absolutely put a hit out on somebody or mm-hmm. just kill you himself. Mm-hmm. And it's all for the maintenance of power and the maintenance of that control over the section of New York or sometimes New York as entirely. So I, I would put Kingpin squarely in the in the neutral evil category. So I will go with someone who has a 
little bit of a loftier expectation for himself in terms of wanting to reshape society to his whims and and has a certain flair about it that for whatever reason just seems so so suave and that's a Ra's al Ghul. Okay. Really just yeah. the eco-terrorism history, the the idea that his way is the best way and he's willing to put himself through so much to survive long enough to see whatever plan he comes he comes up with to fruition and just has has turned his back on his own family at times if he thought it was necessary. It, yeah, I I I would go with someone like him. I I think Raish is a good example because there is a streak of a code with him. In fact, he 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 shows some respect for Bruce by calling him detective. Mm-hmm. He's like like Seth likes to bring up. He's one of those villains that, in his own mind, he he what everything he's doing is is for the betterment of everyone. You end up destroying everything. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. best yeah, villains so are the ones that think that think they're the good guys. And I, my my choice now that I now that I've heard the other guys is along the lines of race, and that's Red Skull. Depending on what era you're talking about, if you go back to his origins in the 40s, they'll use Nazi Germany and their corrupt and, 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 and nefarious system of laws to, to the advantage. If it doesn't, it doesn't. At the end of the day, it's all about him trying to empower himself. I, I don't know. I think maybe Red Skull's a lot like the analogy I made earlier with Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne, where he's an elitist. And there has to be rules. The rules are meant to be broken. So if there's got to be rules, I might as, might as well be the one who makes it. And I, I think that that makes him somewhat neutral. But he doesn't mind chaos either. But at the end of the day, it's all about himself and his quest for power. Mm-hmm. And I see. I, I peg Red Skull as chaotic evil. I think. Oh, he, okay. I, I would. I would view him very much in that category. If he will do whatever it takes, he doesn't care. And you have to look canonically. Nobody wants to work with him. No, no, no. no. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to work He's... with Red Skull, even for for trying to achieve evil goals. You still mm-hmm. can't rely on him because he's still ultimately right. just going to go wild card on you right. and just not magneto aside we know we know that that situation with magneto and red skull obviously but even just other villains don't like working with red skull because he's too he's too unstable yeah my other choice was, was bullseye who works for mm-hmm. this yeah another one that he obviously is evil he does not care about killing he does not care about about harming even innocent to get to his goal. But I, I think there is still a, 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 a tinge of a code occasionally with, with, with Bullseye. But is there See, again, was met- here's another one. Bull- Bullseye is just straight up crazy. Bullseye, <laughs> right. Bullseye yeah. just loves this is true. Bullseye, yeah. well, not- it's, it's a game to him. And so he's Kill- like, killing's kill- an art form. if I'm hired to kill you, I'm going to kill you and everybody who looked at me while I was on my way to kill you just for the lulls. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my other chaotic, not neutral. Other ones I would put in that category, and they're also assassin. Would would be mm-hmm. Deadshot and and Deathstroke. Deathstroke. They are also. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I will agree with you yeah. there. Deathstroke yeah. is is neutral yeah, evil. That, yeah. Deathstroke, Deathstroke is like this is a job. I'm gonna do it, and that's that. Yeah. yeah. Deathstroke was okay. my second. And the only problem with Deathstroke is is, is similar to to me with Von Doom. As the character was developed, he becomes a little bit more sympathetic. And this is why he's now an antihero. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. When you find out his backstory and what happened to him with the failed experiments and his wife and all that, you're like, do I really, really want to hate this guy? I'm trying to feel sorry for him. 
Well, I, I would add to one just to, on that, again, that massive scale of, of evil. We could probably put Thanos in there as well, but I was going to say the Anti-Monitor from the Crisis on Infinite oh, Earths. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think yeah. it's like the perfect example. Yeah, I, I, I tend to lean K out like the Anti-Monitor simply because he is the antithesis of the Monitor, which is all about organization. And if he's the antithesis of organization or law, the, the antithesis of that is, mm-hmm. is chaos. That's right. the only reason I would, I would lean more chaotic. Okay. That's just my opinion. Uh, and, and another one, again, to kind of do the more uh, lighter-spirited thing as it goes back to our childhood with Transformers, I think that's where I'd put Starscream, because Starscream was always trying to usurp Megatron, who was the lawful evil one. And you just because that's easily my favorite character to the point, oh, oh you're going to love hearing yeah. this, to and, the point that I would have visions of, of that person as a wrestler that mm. I would want to be. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like as a kid, that's that's the character that I wish to develop. Yep, we, we spoke about that. We talked time. about that in high school and college about if we were to ever become pro wrestlers, what would our gimmick be? And Docs would be the Starscream. He would be the guy who was going to cozy up to whoever was in charge and then stab him in the back <laughs> and then find the next person that, that was going to be working their way up to the title and then stab him in the back. And take everything yeah, from well, Seth knows he lost me once he bought up Transformers because I'm older than you. <laughs> but, but anyway. And and that's the thing about Transformers when it comes to Starscream, when you try to munch on the characters, which I know they were written for little kids, but it's just like, here's a character that blatantly and openly is saying, I am going to take over. And the leader doesn't just blast them and get, get rid of them or make an example out of them. What the heck is it the Starscream has that is so valuable that he must be kept alive even though you know he's going to take over? That's the <laughs> you know? point. It's either it's either manipulation where you kind of know that there's a weakness or you have something that the other person really, really mm-hmm. values in you that nobody else sees. Either way, you stay yeah. in the game. All right, so <laughs> now we're going to uh, get into the lowest pit of despair here where we're going to – we talked about some of these characters already. But the chaotic evil, and these are the worst of the worst. These are the most twisted and demented of the evil types. As the name implies, they embrace chaos over order, can be unpredictable. And I think the gruesome atrocities that chaotic evils can commit would be just as repulsive to the lawful evil types as they might be to heroes. These are the characters that brutally kill at the drop of a hat, lie, cheat, and steal as if it's part of a daily lifestyle. They'll commit atrocities just for the fun of it. Whereas the neutral evil, they might have committed atrocities for a purpose, whether it's a terrorism or whatever. They committed atrocities to do something. The chaotic evil will just commit an atrocity just to do it, you know, because it's Tuesday or something. So I think we all have the same guy on our list right now for chaotic evil. Do we all, all want to say him at the same time? Yeah, sure. One, two, three. The Joker. 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 <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if you have chaotic evil in the, in, in, in the actual Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it has Joker's picture next to it. Come on, yeah. let's be honest. And, and the alignment poster that I have for him has the, the classic DC comic poster, but I took the quote from Dark Knight where it says, some men just want to watch the world burn because yeah. that's true. That, that's a Joker. Yeah. So. All right. See who who hasn't gone first yet? No way. In a while. Doc. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, Doc. Oh, you want to go first? Starts chaotic evil. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Carnage. Yep. He was second on my Basically, list. Yeah. Yeah. Created, literally <laughs> created that way. That's the whole point. <laughs> see, the thing that with the whole chaotic evil thing is is that 
if you just say the name, either you say, yep, that's it, or I'm not so sure. Like, this is the easy one. Yeah. So it's in the name. Carnage. To add. Yeah. The name says it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> and you took my other pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so did you want to, do you want to? Do you want to take a rest and have train go and if you can think of somebody else then or well I, this is a this is a, a PG thirteen show, but it's but it's in his name, the yellow bastard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll uh-huh. leave that in. Uh, Absolutely. From, mm-hmm. from Sin City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is I would say he is just I'm gonna do what I want and you can't touch me because my dad's a senator. So <laughs> yep. ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no, that's Simpsons. But yeah. yeah. So Train, you have any thoughts on uh, chaotic evil? Yeah, this one is a little, was a little tough for me because beyond the Joker, it becomes difficult because there seems to be streets and tinges of, of, of other things that can lean them more neutral or lawful or, or even, even good, I dare say. But I, I would say, generally speaking, and it plays off of Cardish, would be Hobgoblin, especially in the later storylines where he's doing like blood sacrifices with Carnage. Yeah, he, he can definitely become chaotic. Evil. It does not matter what incarnation of Hobgoblin you're talking about. He's definitely evil. He can definitely be chaotic where he doesn't seem to have a line or reason to what he's doing or a code, whereas I can't say the same about Green Goblin, no matter which incarnation. So, right. it would, it would, would, obviously, with Joker being off the board and now Carnage, he's probably what while they need to be Hobgoblin. But I could see an argument for him being fairly neutrally more. Well, I'll uh, add one. I'll add a couple in here. I'll throw back to Star Trek for this one because he's just one of the greatest villains to ever be made in Star Trek. Because this is one of those uh, I purposely didn't bring him up until now because he's one of those you could have in two categories, and that's Khan Khan Noonien Singh. Because in that original Space Seed episode that that he was in, Khan was definitely lawful evil. He was evil, mm-hmm. but he wanted to bring order to the world. It was his order, but it's what he wanted to do. But then. After spending the 15 years on City Alpha 5 and building up this burning hatred of Kirk, by the time Star Trek 2 comes around, he's chaotic evil. He, he wants yeah. revenge on Kirk, and that's it, and he would stop at nothing to do it. On a lighter Maybe note Doc again... Maybe Doc comment on this, though. Did he, did he mm-hmm. start out neutral and become chaotic because the isolation made him go... So crazy was that, was gonna that is 100% what I was thinking as it was being discussed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that actually... Well, so that's where I would go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, that's uh, funny that two people in the mental health field feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> but one one more to add as far as from the Star Wars, and I would argue certainly at least how he is in the Phantom Menace, Darth Maul. Darth Maul was just kind of an uncaged animal. And I know when you get into Clone Wars, when they brought him back, I think you still could argue he was chaotic because he wanted revenge on Palpatine among them. He wanted to cause chaos. Everything was going to suffer because of what he had to go through. And... I would argue that that last episode of uh, Clone Wars, he got his own hallway carnage scene like Darth Vader got in Rogue One, where he just goes through the hallway and just massacres yep. everybody. He got he got one that was equal to, if not better than that one. So. I was, I was going to say, there, this is one where actually I do have some more. If, okay, if, but yeah, I, go for I, it. I want to see if Anthony's come up with any. Nope, it's all you, dude. <laughs> all right, so... To be blunt, because of the way Batman tends to lean on on how he's on the neutral side of things, where he can go either way with with the law, it right. opens up a lot of interpretation. So a lot of his villains, I think, end up uh, chaotic evil. So I think the Scarecrow falls into that category. I think Victor Sa- Victor Zaz falls into oh, that category. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, you like. 
just basically the idea. I want to take this guy that views life at all, like, like just preserve everyone's opportunity. How do I mess that up? So you end up with the entire rogues, ga not all of them, but most of the rogues mm -hmm. gallery end up falling in this category. I just wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that. Well, I definitely think that the interpretation and take on the Riddler in, in the, lead the latest Batman movie is definitely calculated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Calculated for sure, but there, there's, yeah. And I, I, think, I think you're right. I think Batman is such a, a, an ambiguously gray character for as far as neutral versus law versus law and order versus chaos. It just naturally pushes his little gallery to a chaotic way. I'm, I might argue that Penguin's not chaotic. He is a little bit. No, Pen I, no. I agree. Pen no, no. Pen Penguin is not chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, and of neutral, course, Catwoman no. being the anti-hero when she is now is always more towards neutral too. But yeah. everybody yeah. else, Victor's ass, is, and I didn't think about that. That is like the epitome of chaotic. Batman himself has said that of all the rogues that he, he captured, that probably disturbs him more than any other one at a personal level. Yeah. And I think that can be tied to his, his own hit, tragic background with the period. Right. Stuff. All right. Yep. All right. But so, if you're an open door for no, I'm a comic book, I have to say it because I'm, I'm my horror geek and this is October. Frederick Joseph Kruger. Freddy mm -hmm. Kruger is a, the epitome of a chaotic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, 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 we know, especially as the, as, the, as, the, as the franchise progressed and he became the, the Benny Hinman of horror with the quips and the, and the one liners, he took personal delight in not only physically killing and torturing his victims. But messing with their minds and their psyche too. Mm -hmm. And on Victor's ad, great line. I, I had a coworker years ago who was a direct care staff at one of the facilities I worked at, and he was a Marvel fan all his life. And he was just starting to get into DC because I had brought the box sets of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited to work to watch at night. We were working the evening shift, mm -hmm. and he asked me, knowing that I'm a DC guy, the background is ads one time. And I started describing that as the only time was, oh, he just need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. All right. So there's been, definitely been a smorgasbord of talk of alignment types and character types. And I definitely want to thank our big guests here, Anthony Sitko and Dr. Issues from Capes on the Couch. So I'll throw it to you gentlemen, because you, you guys have a great podcast or your own. And I definitely want our listeners to if they don't already know about your show, to hear about it. So, gentlemen, where can they find Capes on the Couch? Where where would you send them if they want to find out more about your show? Well, all of our episodes are available on our website, which is at capesonthecouch.com. We are on every major podcatcher except for Spotify, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why. And we are <laughs> social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok, at Capes on the Couch. And if you like, if you really like what you hear and you want to subscribe and unlock additional content and some uncensored material and bloopers etc and early access you can go to our patreon page at patreon.com slash capes in the couch and subscribe there we've got a couple of different levels that will get you different access to various parts of the show and, and different features and things of that nature we have a discord and that the links to that are, are on our website as well and uh, we really just try and do as much as we can to engage with the community and engage with our fans when, whenever and wherever possible. And we've been doing this now for four and a half years, and it's just been quite, quite a ride. And we're, we're, we're just back now for season eight. And uh, just as of the other day, actually, as of 
this recording this past Wednesday was, was our season eight premiere. So we've got some good stuff lined up. We've got a lot of great guests coming up for October creators and, and mental health professionals alike. And uh, doc, is, is there anything I missed? No, not at all. You're always our hype man. So that's, that's totally <laughs> fine. The whole point of the show is just talking about comic book characters from mental health lens to help destigmatize. So I am a comic book geek, but I also am a board certified psychiatrist, although I am not treating anybody during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our, our disclaimer is very clear that Doc Issues is not your psychiatrist and he does not have knowledge of your personal issues. So we encourage everyone to go out, get mental health help, talk to a therapist, do what needs to be done for you. And hopefully through the discussions of some of these fictional characters, you can get some objectivity and understand some of the issues that are going on in your own life and hopefully lead you towards making uh, a better life and better choices for yourself. And also, as Doc said, just kind of removing uh, some of that stigma around there, because if you break your leg, you go to the hospital. If you're sick, you go to the doctor. But if there's something wrong with your head, if you're suffering from depression or anxiety or, or any number of various neuroses, there's this, there's the stigma by talking about it. No, no, shh, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to talk about it. Why? Why? If you say I broke my leg, oh my God, you need to go to a doctor. You need to see somebody. Oh, I'm feeling kind of depressed. Ah, everybody gets depressed every once in a while. You shake it off. No, no, no. And, and hopefully through our show, we can help shine a little bit of light on some of that stuff. Yeah, especially if you could wade through all the pop culture references and wrestling references and movie references and music and all the and other your stuff. Puns. That, mm -hmm. Okay, you didn't have to bring up my puns. Just because I'm witty doesn't mean that I'm wrong. <laughs> and of course, we are Geekville Radio at geekvilleradio.com. We're Facebook and Twitter at Geekville Radio. You can give us a follow, give us a review. As I always say when we when I talk about giving us reviews, the only thing I ask is be honest. If there's if there, we're doing something you like, let us know what you like. If you're doing something you don't like, let us know what you don't like. And I I always appreciate feedback, even if it's negative, as long as it is genuine. And a train, if people want to hang out with you and talk about wrestling or mental health or comics or whatever, where can they find I'm you? always available on Twitter at crazytrain underscore JB. As I say all the time, that is my handle pretty much across all social media platforms that I am on. Just do a search and there's a lot of wrestling and heavy metal and horror stuff comes up and there's a picture of of me with a teddy bear, yeah, it fits probably me. This is, of course, the month of October, which we're once again going to dedicate all of our different episodes, stuff that I earlier to Halloween and spooky season as the horror maven. Here on the Geek Mill Network, as we always say, Seth has, suffers mental issues himself and turns over the booking of all the shows to me. This is the only show for the month of October that Seth actually booked. The rest are going to be on me, so stay tuned. We're probably going to have episode, different episodes of every show we have dropping what probably twice a week sir oh hopefully yeah so we that then of course this yeah that even includes classic wrestling memory so mm -hmm. just stay tuned and and help yourself get in the mood and i'm as, as a mental health professional myself i'd like to totally agree with anthony and dot that it's it's uh there is a stigma to mental health it is real if you need help get help but we're not your doctors we're not your therapists we're not your counselors you need to get help outside this thing this will help you once again, I want to thank Doc and, and, and Anthony for joining us. It has been a pleasure, gentlemen. And uh, I, I definitely am going to look, look into your podcast. Seth's been twisting my arm for a while to check y'all out. And I'm, I'm full transparency. I haven't yet, but I definitely will. Thank you once again for joining us. And this is a blast. Yeah, this is a lot of fun through, through all the interruptions and everything. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, this is really this is really cool. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. With all that said, thank you folks again for listening. We'll be back sooner rather than later with a whole bunch of stuff for our crossover month for October. Thank you folks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of geekvillradio.com, a1-wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved. Do we really need to take any more time? Is my phone kept cutting out and delaying us? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.